in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? The Washington football team was fined $10 million. This was after an NFL investigation into the sexual harassment claims. Um, if you remember the stories, mostly coming from uh, cheerleaders, former cheerleaders for the Washington football team uh, that uh, weren't ideal uh, for the Washington football team. So the NFL investigation, they had an outside party to uh, basically look into this. And based on her report, they came up with a $10 million fine. But also, Tanya Snyder, who is the wife of Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Redskins, uh, the Washington football team, uh, she will now oversee like the day-to-day -day operations of the team, while Daniel Snyder is going to oversee the stadium and other things, whatever that means. Uh, but I'll just read from the NFL's report. They concluded that for many years, the workplace environment of the Washington football team, both generally and particularly for women, was highly unprofessional. Bullying and intimidation frequently took place, and many described the culture as one of fear, and numerous female employees reported having experienced sexual harassment and a general lack of respect in the workplace. Ownership and senior management paid little or no attention to these issues. In some instances, senior executives engaged in inappropriate conduct themselves, including the use of demeaning language and public embarrassment. Yeah, so a few things I, I think there's wrong with this. So the $10 million fine apparently is going to go towards better educating the people within your organization uh that's you should do that anyway obviously but you should pay for that with other funds and this 10 million should go towards you know um within societal things in terms of helping uh whether it's women or, or movements and in, in terms of that and sexual harassment all that you shouldn't use your money to pay for something inside that you've already done and two I don't know anything about Tanya Snyder, but at the end of the day, the first thing I thought was a little nepotism, like your wife is now running, like what, at dinner? Danny's not gonna say, hey, Tanya, I don't know about this. I mean, I I would ha I, I think it's weird that you brought his wife in to run the organization when, how are you separating him from that? Also, you brought his wife in after he was sexually harassing. The, yeah. Like, I, there was a culture of sexual harassment and it's just like, honey, handle this. I so, think it would look better if it's like a third party, so not yeah. her. Two things on it. Number one, the NFL, like they had an outside party investigate this, but then they didn't. They, they didn't release. Like here was her report. The the woman that investigated this, they didn't release it. They they actually said yesterday something to the extent of she gave us a verbal report and we took notes. So there is no physical copy to release, which it's like a PowerPoint, right? Which sounds like not no, not even a PowerPoint. She just the, the, the she NFL sat saying, down and talked. That's what they're saying, which sounds like. That's one of the good. biggest yeah. lies I've ever heard. So the NFL is like, there's a lack of transparency mm. in terms of what she found when she investigated this. And so it leads you to the question. And as you bring up, they give it to Tanya Snyder. She's going to control the team on a day-to-day yeah. -day basis. Should they have taken the team from Daniel Snyder? Like, should they have forced him to sell the team? Oh. 
based on what they found in this investigation. There's a better argument for that than putting his wife in charge. And not, again, nothing against his wife. I, I, I'm just saying it's a horrible look to say Daniel Snyder, under his direction, all this happened, but the wife will clean it up. That that doesn't it's like no get a third party that has nothing to do with these two people and have them run the organization this reminds me of two different things first do you guys remember the committee on bullying that tony dungy was heading up that we still haven't gotten a report from <laughs> i do no, not no but... i don't remember okay that. so after is he gonna give a verbal report <laughs> after uh las vegas raider richie incognito left uh, a, a voicemail they decided to put together in panel a committee to t to investigate bullying, bullying. Pretty sure they never met. Pretty sure that there has been nothing. Like, they, they got a panel together. That's pretty much it. And the second thing is, does this remind anyone of the fact that, that when Donald Sterling, like, was going through all of his stuff, they were like, well, we could put his wife in charge and not realizing that, like, his wife was in on the, like, half of what he was doing yeah. that was, like... Yeah, Donald Sterling, that's a perfect example. Like, like you had to you had to believe, even though it was later proven that she had a lot to do with the, the kind of the slumlord situation. You'd believe she knew nothing about it. They put her in charge instead of right then and there saying, you're selling the team. Like, right instead of, no, we're going to put your wife in charge. And I'm not suggesting that Snyder's wife is like Sterling's wife. I'm just suggesting that it's a horrible look to have her now running the organization. Because why would you believe anything's going to change? Right. Because I mean, <laughs> it's not like Daniel Snyder's out of the picture. No. Yeah, like if yeah, they're never yeah. discussing this at dinner. I mean, it's just like it's preposterous to believe he still won't have his hand in everything. Yeah, instead of creating a toxic work environment for the cheerleaders, he'll create a toxic work environment for the you know ticket people. I don't care about him. Next question. Urban Meyer was fined for OTA violations. He got hit with a hundred thousand dollar fine. The Jaguars two hundred thousand dollars. Uh, the 49ers and Cowboys also got hit with fines as well for, as you said earlier in the show, too physical of practices yeah. during that was the Cowboys. I, I don't know what the uh, 49ers got. Cowboys were fine because DBs and wide receivers went went one on one, I guess, hitting each other. Like, and you can't do that. I just want to know who called. That who is, that is who a fun ran this? Who said, "Hey, coach, have to go to the bathroom." And went in the back and the phone is like, eh, is this the NFL? We're out here hitting. I, I wonder, like, Wait. was there media out there, like, videoing it? I and, do like, know there was media the, there. because Maybe, uh, like, the yeah. NFL saw it. Because remember when yeah. the Raiders got the Raiders got in trouble during the season because they had an unauthorized person in the locker room. And the way the NFL found out was the Raiders had published a video of them yes. celebrating in the yeah. locker room and... Whoever the unauthorized person was apparently in the video. Right. And the Raiders went and deleted the video and everything, but the NFL had already seen yeah. it. So I wonder if it could be as innocuous as, hey, the somebody from the newspaper in Dallas or San Francisco or Jacksonville was just tweeting out a video of them practicing. I mean, and the NFL was like, yeah, you can't do that. I know, I know, because my buddy Michael Gelkin used to be with us at the RJ, now covers the Cowboys. He had tweeted out stuff in practice. Yeah, and I, I wonder if it could be as... is interesting because I can just speak from the Raiders' perspective. You can shoot for the first 15 minutes, which is pretty much glorified stretching, yeah. which is like you're going to see nothing lifts. on that. I don't know if each... I mean, obviously, maybe teams are different than each team's different on what they allow you to shoot. Uh, but you're not going to catch the Raiders doing anything because after they're stretching, you're like, camera's off! Camera's off! It's like, uh, we just got them stretching? Well, I mean, after Cassie blew up their uh, yeah, charity exactly. event last year, they can't even trust their own people. <laughs> How much did they have three people watching her the entire time? Where is she? Where is she? What's she doing? Next question. Dave Roberts says the Dodgers expect Trevor Bauer to start 
on Sunday. Um, he basically deferred to Major League Baseball and said that it is out of his hands on whether or not Trevor Bauer is going to pitch on Sunday. It's not actually out of the Dodgers' hands. I mean, the Dodgers could take a stand if they could do something. They could do something if they wanted to. This is a, in my opinion, a horrible, horrible look for the organization Dave Roberts. I would suspend him with pay. I don't think you can start taking his pay away until they either charge him or something happens. You can do this. I mean, this happens all the time. For Dave Roberts to say we can't do anything, yet he's your player. You can suspend him with pay, send him home. And say, we'll see how it works. Well, how's the investigation play out? To allow him to continue pitching, I just think is wrong. It's a horrible, horrible look. And don't tell me. I mean, it's such a cop-out to say, we're going to wait for Major League Baseball. It's like, no. Suspend him. I mean, give him his money. Tell him to fly home from Washington and and see how the investigation plays out. Are you surprised that Major League Baseball hasn't placed them on their commissioner's list? Ken Rosenthal wrote a story yesterday sort of breaking down, hey, there's a commissioner's list. Right. This is why that. they should put them there. Are you surprised Major League yeah. Baseball hasn't done that yet? Yeah, because we've talked about the allegations. We've seen you know, pretty graphic details of what she said happened, uh, what his lawyer said happened. I think there's enough there where he should be suspended with pay at this point. And then you keep paying him, and eventually someone's going to either charge him or not. I mean, it's going to work out at some point in terms of which way it goes. But the fact he's pitching Sunday, I think, is a complete embarrassment for the organization. I I just think it's an embarrassment that you're putting that over what the allegations are. Yeah. I I, I mean, to me, should the teams be better about this? Yes. I don't think I'm ever going to blame a team for not taking their own guy off the field when Major League Baseball says it's... As long as Major League Baseball says it's okay for the guy to pitch, I'm not really ever going to blame the teams for not taking the guy out. But... To me, this goes more on Major League Baseball. Like, they should be the ones that are stepping Which in and saying... they can right now. Yeah. They they can, at any ones, point, they can put him on the yeah, list. Yeah, stepping in and saying, hey, we're going to do this right, with Trevor we'll Bauer. wait to see how it works. So, to me, this is more about Major League Baseball doing it. And maybe... Listen, I just thought I just thought Robert's comments were like, right, boy, that goes as a real cop-out there. It's not... Yes, it is a cop-out. I and mean, in an ideal situation, you would rather have your organization, rather have your manager say something and act differently... Right. But I still think the the majority of the blame goes back to the actual league, goes back to Major League Baseball, because they can, in fact, put him on sure. this list and, as Dave Roberts says, take it out of his hands and deal with it as a, as a, at a league level. If he gets lit up Sunday, the first question Dave Roberts is going to have to ask is, or get asked is, do you think that it's because he's currently being investigated um, that he couldn't? Yeah. Perf- like, I don't think he pitches I, still. I oh, I don't either. But. I think they're putting him on. The, I think they're taking him out before Sunday. I think the only reason it hasn't happened now is because he doesn't pitch again until Sunday. Like if he had pitched, if he was supposed to pitch today, I think he's already on the list. They're at the White House today. Is some some uh, security guy tap him on the shoulder? Say you got to go, buddy. You're on the list. You're out of here. You got to hear. Yeah, I think I don't know if he pitches on uh, if he pitched on Sunday. I don't think he should pitch on Sunday. Um, and let me ask you this real quick because there was a story that I read yesterday about this. What do you think the percentage of the dudes in the locker room are like? Oh, this guy should be on the list. I mean, I don't know, and they'd never admit that because, oh, the sanctity of the of the clubhouse. But the perception was made, like, don't think it's 100% in there that they want to be involved in times of, in terms of, like, this just upsets the, the, the card. It's like you're trying to win games and everything, and now this thing's going to come in, and a lot of guys might say, yeah, you know, maybe it's best if you step aside until yeah, this is over. Probably is. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's not good, and if I if I was a teammate of Trevor Bauer, I don't want to have to. This is one of those times when they love the fact there's zooms, because if the <laughs> if that clubhouse was open, I mean these guys would have to answer questions. Yeah. That's the last thing these guys want to do, and that's pretty much the only thing they'd be asked. The entire no, exactly. Time. There'd be nothing else. No. 
to go a little bit like this. Happy to move on to the, yeah. to the next question here. Aaron. They'd have someone in the middle of the room. We're happy to move on. Asked and answered. All right. Uh, Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner blamed the players for the Yankees' poor season. Um, they are just barely above 500. They're in fourth place in the AL East. Um, Steinbrenner said that he's not going to fire Brett Boone. And here was his quote. We're responsible. We're in charge. We can all share the blame. But make no mistake about it. In my opinion, the majority of the responsibility lies with the players. They're the ones on the field. They need to fix the problem because everyone, including our fan base, rightfully so, has had enough. We all can share the blame, but the majority of the blame lies with them. The Yankees are the best. <laughs> Let's throw the entire team under the bus. They have Every, a winning record. Everyone else, any other GM would be like, I got to do my job better. Like, rappers, I got to do my job better. The Yankees like, screw them. They can't play. Do they you know, stink. Do you know how much money I'm spending exactly. on these well, bugs? Yeah, exactly. Do you know how badly we need a Kelly McCrimmon or George McPhee oh. press conference where they're like, Mark Stone, Mark Stone, didn't Stone have he had points? zero points. Who you know, is like, this bum? Paying him nine million a year for zero points. Do you know? And how as upsetting that, that was, we couldn't win any faceoffs. He's so bad. I'm not going to use his nickname anymore. He's just Stone, <laughs> not Stony or Stoner, or whatever they call you. You have lost the right. You've to be lost called the by right to nickname. be called Flower. <laughs> that would be That's... so amazing. Like Bill Foley's pretty like. Open. He's, and, he's, oh, well, he's more open than the other two guys. But he would never say that. He would, even if he believed it, even if Bill Foley no. sitting there watching, what the hell, Mark Stone? He would no. still never say that. No. Where, what the hell, Mark Stone? Can you at least get a point yeah. against the Canadians? Oh, I want it so badly. It'd I be mean, amazing. If you were able to interview McPhee right at the minute his body contorted in that in that chair, <laughs> he might have said that. But once you have two seconds to calm down and you look over, McCrimmon's kind of shaking his head, then you got to calm down. He wouldn't have said it. But if you were there right when that body went off the chair, he might have said something. I am highly disappointed in NBC Sports Network and what TSN broadcasted in Canada that we did not get more George McPhee cutaways during... Well, right when you saw the first one, anytime they did something bad, I'd have the cameras oh, like go right, yes. to his, right to him. Straight what, on him. We it, didn't get anything else. Wasn't it also neither were wearing masks? That too. That was a bit of an issue. I think they got in trouble yeah. the next day. They got, yes, they got they a verbal... Something happened. Yeah, something they got a verbal... Um, yeah. And did they also have to quarantine? Well, well Kelly... McCrimmon tested Mc, positive. Yeah, McCrimmon tested. So he had He might still be there. Yeah, do we have an update on I don't where mean, Kelly McCrimmon is? Is McCrimmon going to be in the press box tonight for the Habs against uh, against Tampa Bay? Like, <laughs> he left. He's scouting for next year. The NHL draft is like in three weeks. Yeah. He's still in his Montreal hotel room trying to draft on kids. Zoom. <laughs> all right, coming up next, we'll get into the Raiders and the NFL because apparently all the teams in the NFL are going to be worth ten billion dollars soon. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Ed, do you think NFL teams are going to be worth $10 billion soon? $10 billion? So Oof. Seth Wickersham tweeted out, an NFL ownership source told me recently that if the Denver Broncos hit the market, It'll go for such a massive sum that it could reset franchise values and make the Panthers seem like a nice little transaction. To which Mike Florio responded with, owners believe that sooner rather than later, the average team will be worth 8 to $10 billion. What does that make the Cowboys? So the Cowboys right now are I number mean, one at like $5.7 So if the average team becomes 8 to 10, the Cowboys are somewhere in the 15 they to 18. They have to be in the 15 to 18 range. 
something like that? They could, well, and I know this well, but they could not win the Super Bowl for the next 15, 20 years. They're going to be the most valued franchise. So, yeah, 15 to 18 billion. I mean, they haven't won the Super Bowl. And, I know. Mm. And, they're st- <laughs> and they're still the most valued franchise. And they're still the most valued. That's what my whole point is like, I don't know if they'll ever, as long, well, he's not going to own them. He'll give it to his kids. But when won't they be the most valued franchise? They'll always be the most valued franchise. So yeah, 15 to 18 billion? I guess my my question though is like, what's the Raiders worth right now? We're uh, they're three billion, I believe, is the dollar amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Raiders are twelfth at three point one billion. <laughs> they're basically the average NFL team as far as value goes, and the Bengals are last at two billion. But to get so like to use the Raiders as the example, if we're using three billion as sort of the average worth of an NFL team, the average value of an NFL team, to get to eight to ten, like so we're tripling the value of the teams all of a sudden, which seems. Absurd. I mean, I don't know. Like, it just seems ridiculous to me that that would be that we would have a tripling in value of NFL teams. Now, if that's the case, why'd we give them seven hundred fifty million dollars? Well, I was going to say these numbers are great. These are amazing post-pandemic numbers. If they're going to be worth that much money, I don't. I mean, that's been the great question since we gave them seven hundred fifty million dollars. But I mean, it was to get the NFL. Yeah, to have the NFL here and your extra eight billion in value or whatever it is. Now, when we talk about the value of a team, that only really matters if you're selling the team. Like right. it's not like Mark right. Davis now yeah. has eight billion dollars no. in his pocket. It no. just means if Mark Davis wanted to sell the team, he might be able to get well, right now he couldn't, but apparently in the future he might be able to get eight billion for it. You imagine the fleet of mini coops you can have with eight billion dollars? <laughs> you could have one in every color. <laughs> Eight billion dollars? You could wreck one every. You could wreck one every day in a strip mall, and still have enough to like get on the weekend for like a nice drive down the strip. Do we know who was at fault in that accident? No, I don't don't know. I don't know. So I'm not. I want to be able to accurately say either Mark Davis ran into somebody or somebody ran. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know. (sighs) Based on the photos and me not being a journalist. It definitely, <laughs> definitely looked like she ran into him. Okay. So yeah. you could get run into at a strip mall in your Mini Cooper every day yes. and be fine. You could Wait, pay for hey, your car and really, their like, car. They're really safe. Oh, Apparently. Yeah. Like as outrageous as it sounds with that kind of capital in terms of 8 to $10 billion or the Cowboys being $15 billion, as outrageous as it sounds, like I'll never put anything past that league. So if one day you're telling me the Denver Broncos are being sold for $8 billion, I don't even think I'd blink. Well, so I just don't. Here's, I guess, part of the problem when we say a team is valued at or worth eight or ten billion dollars. Again, that only that's only like significant if you're selling. If someone's the selling team. the team, you have to have somebody willing to buy it right. for that amount. And so, uh, you know, when you're at one, two, three, four, five billion, a lot more people with that. There's it's limited there, but, but when you get up to eight to ten for the you know average yeah. team, like how many people are there that are actually saying? Yeah, I've got a way to pay nine billion dollars to buy an NFL well, team that's for sale. Not only that, there's very you know there's a lot fewer people, and then you take the percentage away from people like that who never care about the NFL and don't want to buy it. Right. So then you're really limiting the potential for people, and I don't even know at this point it would be one person. It might be several. Well, right. I mean, you whatever a, to get the number. You have an ownership group, and yeah. you get to make. You can probably make payments on it, right. or take out a loan and make payments back to the loan, or whatever it is. But it's, at the end of the day, it's still nine billion dollars. Right. 
And it's just like, okay, it's nice to say the Cowboys could be worth $15 billion, but if Jerry Jones is gone and somebody in his family, who would inherit it, by the way? Steven. Okay, if he inherits it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to sell the team. It's worth $20 billion. <laughs> I mean, Dad's gone. You have to have, you have, to have somebody that's willing to pay yes. it. And that might end up being an issue for saying, hey, this NFL team's worth this much money. Like, I'll say this. Mark, as Mark Davis, if, if in three years from now, Somebody comes to him and says, hey, your team is worth $10 billion. You're the average NFL team, and your team is worth $10 billion. I know Mark Davis is just like the biggest Raiders fan. It's his dad's legacy. I think I'm selling the team. Like, $10 billion? Part of of the deal is I get the best suite in the house, and you you give me $10 billion so I can keep going to games. I'll knock a billion off the price. I'll sell it to you for $9 billion. You give me a suite. You give me the suite and all these other things. Like my front row parking space for my car. What nine, ten billion? I can't even comprehend how much money that is. I can't think of one thing that I would say is worth that much money. I'm having trouble finding an owner. Like well, that, and, and again, that's the issue: is who the hell's buying the team for that much money? It, it exists. Like I'm, I'm oh, there's people with that yeah, much money. Yeah, but all of a sudden, Bill Gates has to become a football fan. <laughs> he has to own like, all do you of understand how much a billion freaking yeah. dollars is? Like, and then you have to have that ten times over. Bezos, I'm tired of Prime. I'm tired of people clicking on Prime. I'll just go. No. Uh, I'll just go buy the. go by the team. He wants to go to space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a choice, and I'm Jeff Bezos. I can go to space or own the Cowboys. I, I don't know which one I want. What's um, a better investment? Exactly. His his ex wife, uh, Mackenzie Scott. Yeah. I know she, she's like giving it all to charity or something like that, but yeah. she's like one of the five people yeah. that can afford yes, an NFL exactly. team. <laughs> Mackenzie Scott, future owner of the Denver Broncos, apparently. Hello, is this the Raiders PR? We need we need owner McKenzie on the press box. Can she call in at eight <laughs> thirty? No, but you can have the long snapper. <laughs> hey, we'll take it. We'll take that. We'll take the long snapper. We've been waiting for that long snapper forever. Should that be our new strategy to get the long snapper? Is just ask for Mark Davis, <laughs> yes, John exactly. Gruden, Mike Mayock, yeah. and and settle. So then they have to say we can't, but we'll give you. We'll them. settle, and we'll, we'll be settle like, yes, for the uh, long we finally snapper. Finally got Trent Siege. And it's like, yeah, we'll say, well, good, because that's the guy we wanted all along. for three years <laughs> to get Trent Siege. We finally got him. <laughs> Give us Daniel Carlson, the kicker, while we're at it. It'll be great. Actually, no, Alec Engel, the fullback. We've been trying to get Deuce Gruden for two uh, We'll settle years. for Deuce Gruden. We'll oh. settle for the deucer. I, I can't there's believe Willie hasn't a, hooked us up. There's not a lot of people I want more than the deucer. Oh, boy. I mean, let's be honest. The deucer would be fun. It would be. It'd be a great guest. It'd be a great guest. I for want the deucer. him. All right, coming up next, Desiree Reed Francois joins the show. Blake left side. Downloaded Tillis. Working on Alston. Devin backing in. And oh. They call an offensive foul for no reason. Devin just, I mean, that is purely a 50 year senior guy who's an all conference player getting a call for absolutely no reason. And just, just flopping and bouncing off of Tillis. What a terrible call. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. <laughs> When did Chris Paul start playing in the Mountain West Conference? <laughs> Joining us now, the athletic director at UNLV, Desiree Reed Francois. Desiree, good morning. Thanks uh, good for joining morning. us. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? We are. We are good. very good. Um, I am curious. Can you can you sort of take us through what was like the last week or two like with you know the state of Nevada passed a law, but it doesn't go into effect for a, a year or two for name, image, and likeness in college athletes, and then the NCAA kind of says, hey. I guess you guys come up with your own rules if you don't have a state law. And then the day before July 1st, the NCAA says, no, no, 
here are our rules. What what was the last two weeks like for an athletic department trying to figure out what name, image, and likeness is going to look like for college athletes? Uh, good question. We actually um, had been working on this in anticipation of July 1. We've just had to be pretty fluid and have had to adjust. So we actually started a, a committee in, I want to say, January. Um, we put together a committee of coaches, of staff members, recruiting coordinators. We had our student-athletes heavily involved. And thinking that this was going to come in some form or fashion uh, at some point, we wanted to be ready. So our, our program that we came up with is the Vegas Effect. We launched that a couple of, week, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of weeks ago. And then on May 29th, when the Nevada Assembly and then Governor Sislak uh, passed uh, passed NIL Bill 30. Uh, they passed, I think, 34-8. We uh, we were ready to go, and then we were we were had to make a couple of adjustments, and then we uh, our, we made sure to provide educational opportunities for our student athletes in in case this were to occur on July 1st. So there were some some scrambling in terms of adjusting on our program, but for the most part, we had the bones in place. And we were ready to go. Yeah, I think you mentioned the most important word, which is education, because now the perception is yesterday, man, this is a free-for-all. I mean, kids like the Miami quarterbacks out, the LSU gym, everyone's tweeting, hey, this is what I got, what I got. So can you talk about the importance of, you know, being there to answer these kids' questions so maybe the outside influences aren't giving them the wrong information or trying to push them towards things they shouldn't, and how important it is for you to talk to your athletes and make, you know, the, the people who know this stuff available to them? Exactly. We also wanted to make sure that we were training our coaches because our student-athletes, you know, they're going to go to their coaches and ask. We've had a myriad of questions, um, but whenever you you have something, I mean, name, image, and likeness, this legislation is going to have an impact Mm -hmm. with intercollegiate athletics. And I think it's going to be a positive impact. Anytime we can enhance those opportunities, it's a good thing. But right now I have 515 entrepreneurs. And 515 young people that may or may not want to to start a business and benefit and capitalize on their NIL. And so with that, whenever you're starting a business like that, you got to provide the education. And that's what we're really trying to do, Um, whether it's doing team-by-team meetings and walking through scenarios, whether it's writing letters to parents, um, holding town halls, that's our responsibility. We also partnered with a third-party administrator. They're called NOCAP. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we did that is whenever a student-athlete wants to go and set up a business, now there's things that go along with that, right? There's taxation issues. Mm-hmm. Um, if there, There's a lot of contractual issues. If they're going to sign with a marketing agent for purposes of marketing only, um, then it, I want to make sure that they understand all the parameters and all the realities of that. But the education piece it was just so critical for us. Also, if you're an international student athlete, you have there's visa issues, um, and it's it's unique to each country and their visa agree- agreements. So there are a lot of nuances, um, and I know there's a lot of excitement. But I think our primary responsibility is to educate our student athletes, work with them to help them achieve their objectives, and, and that's what we've been doing. All right, when when are we seeing one? I, I, we we need to see like a you know Bryce Hamilton like holding up a sandwich for some restaurant or Justin Rogers in a car commercial. Like what we we need to see some commercials. When is this happening? 
uh, it's coming, it's coming. We're just doing it. (laughs) You know, I I know there's always a desire to be the first one and put out a a sexy advertisement, and everybody was clamoring for 1201. We're going to do everything very methodically. Our student athletes are going to have great opportunities. They, and that's one thing about being in a dynamic city like Las Vegas. Uh, there are great opportunities out there. And for businesses that want to have our student athletes um, endorse a product, uh, then what they do is they register through NOCAP. The university, um, our coaches, our staff members, we cannot directly nor indirectly facilitate or arrange either for our current or prospective student-athletes any endorsement deals. Uh, that's, that's really clear. Uh, so what we do is we, we have a, a third-party administrator um, to make sure that there's that element of fairness, there's that element of transparency. We can offer two Steel Dragon tickets and a press box T-shirt. Tell a kid that we're ready to go. We'll be the first ones. We'll even get them on the air. Uh, so uh, we're ready to go here to uh, sponsor someone. I, I want to ask you about this because you just said something that's interesting to me, and I don't know if it's inferred or you're aggressive with this or you think you're going to get beat on this for recruiting. Does this not make recruiting, I don't want to say more difficult, but I would imagine whether it's you guys or you're going against someone, someone's going to say, well, Look what Jimmy and Johnny got over here. I mean, does it become part of recruiting now, and does that make it tougher when you're trying to get a kid to commit to your school if other people are counting with, well, you know, John got the sandwich deal in this deal? Uh, I think recruiting is always going to be nuanced, but I think the big part of the letter and spirit of this rule is that we cannot use um, a direct inducement for purposes of securing a student-athlete to enroll at UNLV. Okay. Um, now, UNLV and and like I said, the city of Las Vegas um, is, is an incredible place for employers. You know, I'm really proud of the fact that after our jobs program uh, implementation, now 80% of our student athletes have have job, full-time jobs post graduation, mm-hmm. and that's because we and 60 63% are staying here in Southern Nevada. That's because we've got an incredible opportunity, and it's a dynamic marketplace here in Las Vegas, and we sell the fact. That loss. You come to UNLV, you're going to have an incredible community with which to live and with which to work. So I think there's some incredible built-in advantages, but this name, image, and likeness legislation, we cannot use that for purposes of, of recruiting. So, okay, you, you mentioned you know educating the coaches as well because that's who the athletes will be asking about. So Kevin Kruger's talking to a recruit and the recruit brings it up, name, image, and likeness. And Hey, you know what he asks about it and what it happens for UNLV basketball players. Like what is Kevin Kruger supposed to say to him? If it's not supposed to be a coach directly helping players get any of these deals, Kevin's going to say there, sign up with no cap. No cap is our third party administrator. They're an open market. They're not only providing education, our educational platform on the contract review, the agent registration, tax documentation preparation, brand development and analytics, which is a really important part for us and why NoCap was attractive to us, but they're also providing an open marketplace for NIL opportunities. And it's a very targeted regional outreach. So Kevin's going to be able to sell, or all of our coaches can sell, the fact that we've, part, we've partnered with this third-party opportunity or um, third-party administrator, and that's the marketplace with which they can seek out NIL opportunities. It's interesting because uh, some coaches are 
pro-social media. Others like, hey, get off social media because just worry about the team. Your football coach is very involved on social media and positive about his social media to get his program out there to the masses. This is going to be, you know, we saw the gymnast from LSU yesterday with 3 million TikTok followers. Isn't this going to be a fascinating part of this where the followers, it doesn't have to be the basketball football player. You're going to maybe have soccer players out there who are all of a sudden going to become very popular because they're on TikTok or Instagram, whatever, with all these followers. Where do you think social media now fits into this whole like narrative? I, you're exactly right. And have as we have had to adjust, um, things change so incredibly quickly. And what was once in a, um, like a cutting-edge platform, mm-hmm. it becomes passe in in six months and yep. it can become passe in, in 48 hours. Right. So it's kind of an exciting opportunity. And that's why it's so critical for athletic departments to be, to be really pretty nimble and our coaches to be pretty nimble because you're exactly right. Uh, we have a student athlete that has 250,000 Insta followers. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's awesome because every time he's posting and he's walking into Mendenhall, that's it, People are seeing our brand. They're seeing our incredible facilities. They're walking into the degree, and they're saying, wow, I can come to UNLV, and I'm going to live in the degree. And he is reaching a targeted marketplace that, quite frankly, like um, 16-year-olds, they're not really going to be excited about what I put out there on Twitter. I'm not cool enough. Uh, But this young man, he is. He's totally exciting. And so now, not only is he going to be advertising for UNLV indirectly because he's going to have a phenomenal experience. But now, and that, and like I said, it benefits UNLV, it benefits Las Vegas, uh, but great. I want him to be able to capitalize on the effort he puts into his social media presence. So I think it's phenomenal. But not every single student athlete is going to want to put that much effort into their social media presence, and that's okay. But if they do, now they have an opportunity it's our job to make sure they have edu- that we're providing education so that they understand all the nuances and all the parameters that go along with it. Is this your, so way, of, is this your way of saying you've allowed Jackson to take over your Twitter? Um, okay. You know, it's so, so funny you mentioned that today because I told Jackson I was going to be on the show, and he's like, whatever you do, do not mention my driver's license issue. And I'm like, all right, that's fine, Jackson. I promise you I won't do that. Um, and no, he still doesn't have a driver's license. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Jackson, Am I teaching this kid to drive? What's happening at that house? Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But Jackson, like Jackson this morning, he asked me, he's like, hey, mom, can you teach me about trademarking and licensing? He's like, I think I want to license like bench mob. Oh, he's way ahead of the game, but he's good on he's good on Twitter. So maybe this is the guy who should be out there with the uh, with the athletes. Poor kid, <laughs> exactly. But it's it's just it's kind of exciting, and and it's just right. And I'm I'm glad that we're enhancing our student athletes' opportunities. And anytime we can do that, count me in. Can any of them teach your son how to drive? That's <laughs> <laughs> great because obviously, I mean, his father's not a really good driver. I'm not really either. So as a child, it's probably he's genetically the problem. Uh, Throwing your whole family under the bus. I know. I know. If you see the Francois out there driving on the road, just just switch lanes. They're not very good. (laughs) This is kind of terrifying. Oh, yeah. It's very sick. All right. Well. Sorry, we went on a tangent. That's okay. Um, That's okay. We appreciate the tangents. Um, All right, Desiree. We appreciate it this morning. Thank you. We appreciate it. That was awesome stuff. It's been uh, probably a Thank you, gentlemen. Have a wonderful Fourth of July. You too. Take care. That was great. Yeah, I mean, man, she makes a ton of good points, and it is. I think number one is it's a brave new world, so the education is so important because you know, not every kid, 
there'll be a lot of people behind the scenes trying to push kids different places and like uh, make sure you know like the right people to talk to. Right. Yeah. I think if you're if you're you know Desiree Francois or Kevin Kruger or any of the coaches, like you're you're a little worried that one of your players sure. is going to sign up with some deal and it's going to be ooh I don't know if we want our athletes being represented by that type of company or that company in particular, whatever it is. So yeah, I think there's a little bit of cautiousness or fearfulness if you're an actual person in in you know the athletic director coach position but at the same time i think if you're unlv the the best thing you can do is kind of what they've done so far and that is i think this vegas effect is a good thing that gives them the education of the sign up and i like the fact again she said like it's a third party like you're kind of like hey if you want this they'll take care of you because we trust them and you're not kind of intertwining yourself within the whole issue i also think what what did illinois do they had like a they, job fair thing. They had like a job fair. Yeah. They brought in all the potential sponsors. Right. For kids. I, I think That's there's pretty cool. Like there's, I think like the education part is important. I also think there's a level of, Hey, this is what it should look like. Like in Nebraska runs the, the restaurant the was right. like, we'll do it for every athlete. Apparently. Right. Like, I think there's a level of, Hey, this is what it should look like with with Runza. So when somebody else comes to you, if and, it doesn't look like that, yeah, then, you should be worried about yeah. whatever. I okay. This is all really interesting, and we're going to get Reggie Bush apparently his Heisman back. Yeah, let's apparently, go. we're going to steal it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. Let's o- go Ocean's Eleven style. Uh, what is going on with video games? That's all I care about. You got to wait. The NCAA already announced what last year that they were going to bring back the college football, or the EA already announced they're going to bring but back. But am college I going football, to right? be able to use actual players and not just well, like? Eventually, that's going to be the point. Yeah, that EA Sports has always said they don't have a problem with paying for the the rights to the players' names. It's just the NCA wasn't going to allow it. Now it's allowed. Now it's still going to take them probably two years before they actually get the game out and going. But yeah, you, I, I assume you will be able to play with. Well, who's going to be still on the UNLV basketball team or the UNLV football team? I don't know. They'll be graduated by then. But you'll be able to play with. A UNLV team, it'll have actual players. You might be able to even and get like former teams and put Max Gillum on there. As long as I can have Marcus Arroyo on the sideline wearing a running Rebels hat. <laughs> <laughs> can we pool enough money between the three of us with a couple of Tyler's t shirts that he made? And like some, you know, was, are there's a steel dragon, steel, steel panther, steel, yeah, yeah, steel yeah. panther, steel dragon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did steel dragon off the Mark Wahlberg uh, Rockstar movie. They were steel dragon, but. Um, can we pool enough to like maybe get a kid out there to like be our we could sponsor him? Or her, what? What are or they her. doing? Like we're sponsoring them and they're doing what? Just wearing our T-shirt, I guess. Oh, we're just putting the T-shirt <laughs> on them. Well, no, we oh. give them like fifty bucks oh. for some sandwiches. Everybody, or everybody, like no. Anytime there is a not Facebook game, they have to warm up wearing oh, a press box. Yes. yes, yes, they have yes. to warm up in a press in box a press t-shirt. box T-shirt. That would be awesome. Yes. Are we burying the lead that this poor Francois kid doesn't have his driver's license yet? It is. Yet? Yeah, what's happening? When's the there? last time we talked to him? Like months. three months ago. Yikes. And he's very, he's very, per, he's very like, he takes his personal, don't talk about my driving. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> All right. We need a new sharp. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Giants lost. Uh, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Patrick, if you're first, you don't get to win today. 702-364-1100. We need a new sharp. We've got an Antonio Brown jersey to give away, but you know you got to get nine of those, nine of these in a row right, and we can't even get somebody to get to two. 702-364-1100 if you want to be our sharp. 
It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. So Patrick, who managed to call in and be the first caller two days in a row, lost back-to-back days with minus 300 baseball teams as the Giants lost last night. Impressive. So today, our new sharp is David. We have an Antonio Brown jersey, but you got to get nine in a row. Break the record in our Find the Sharp contest. Uh, David, where do you want to go with your first pick? We're going back to the well. Everybody knows Diamondbacks aren't going to pull it off twice, two nights in a row. So we're going to San Francisco tonight. Okay, we got you in for the Giants tonight to win. Um, All right, if they win, we will be talking to you again on Monday. If not, uh, I'm going to start yelling at people about picking baseball teams because it's not working out very well. Uh, Good luck, David. We got you, man. Thanks. I'll talk to you Monday. See you, man. Before you go on, how about this update? Masterpiece on Hersey Miller isn't wasting any time because the incoming college freshman to Tennessee State tells TMZ he has signed a deal worth $2 million. Who? Oh my God. It was a $2 million deal. It's incredible. This is going to change the way college athletics wants to stay. Remember, a few months back, Master Pete told us he lined up the deal and was just waiting patiently for regulations to change. The change, and Hersey didn't wait long before signing his name. I signed with a deal with an American technology company. Like my dad said, it's a blessing. Who is this? TMZ Sports, right? Yeah, no. Who? Who's the kid? Master Pete's son, Hersey. Oh, so, okay. Interesting. They've got a million dollars to do what? Multi-million dollar deal. Caught up with P and 19-year-old Hersey in Beverly Hills a day after the NCAA announced to allow athletes to make dough off their images and likeness. P says it was a $2 million deal. It's incredible. This is going to change the way college athletes want to stay in school. Well, yeah, if your dad's Master P. I mean, who else is getting $2 million? Nobody else is getting $2 million. I guess he's the point guard, and it says he's going to Tennessee... Tennessee State? Yeah, Tennessee State. Nobody going to Tennessee State or Jackson State or Grambling State's getting $2 million, though. You pick Tennessee State over, they say, SC, UCLA, Missouri, LSU, and other Power 5 conference programs. That, I always go back to my feeling on that. It's like, a letter is not an offer. <laughs> <laughs> a letter is not Mick Cronin saying, I'm offering you a scholarship. The admissions department said I'm in, so yes, I must exactly. have been offered a scholarship. By but how about that? Team. I, I still don't like believe you. Two I don't. I don't, I don't know if I believe it either. Two and million. by the way, why didn't they uh, say the company? Why didn't they say that what the uh, what the uh, technology company is? The um, uh, yeah, American technology company. Like my dad said, it's a blessing. Yeah, Hersey, it is a blessing. A teenager with a couple million in the bank says, uh, "TMZ, what's he gonna do all with that cash?" I learned from my dad. I'm gonna start off by giving back to the community and everyone around me. I have a camp July 21st. He's already is, got a camp. Boy, this Hershey's doing well for himself. He's going to Tennessee Tennessee State Tech. He's got Tennessee two million, State and he's and, and and he's already holding his own camps. <laughs> does anyone? All right, this is slightly off topic. But oh wait, Hershey's also going to treat himself to a Tesla. Oh, that's this stuff hey, is completely. Hey, Hershey's being environmentally responsible. Two days ago, these kids couldn't take a slice of pie, and, <laughs> and two days later, this kid's got a this Tesla, so- a camp, and two million dollars. I mean, this is off. This is already completely off the rails. If you ever want to have a fun time, though, watch one of the preseason games that Master P played with. I want to say the Bobcats. It's a fun watch. It's a, yeah. Uh. Well, I guess Hershey's buying food at Tennessee State for everybody. Like, hey, we're going to we're going to McDonald's for lunch. Like, hey, Hershey, you're picking this up. Yeah, you're telling <laughs> me. He probably was before, but now your dad's out of saying a two million dollar deal. 
I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I'm not it's paying just for anything. Possible. I mean, look, it's it says it's. I guess. I mean, TMZ. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's a spoof. I guess, but wow. for, what's he doing for two million? 